Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Tilly and Helen are really actually quite okay. Nice okay, okay. Let's people. let's not let's not let's not. Um, so me and Helen have been talking about. Hello, everyone. Um, hello. We we obviously haven't been putting out many episodes, and we've been talking about the future of the podcast, what we want to do with it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and also the biggest feedback that we get mm. is that people are really surprised by how we're actually quite nice about people normally, considering yeah. the name of the podcast is Bitchin. Yeah, so that's the main reason why we are considering a rebrand. Well, this is of... the re- this will be the rebrand by the time you're listening Yeah, but to we this. do have to have an argument about the name. Yes, yeah, so, well, maybe we could do a poll... Yeah, Don't that'd be, be fun. Late. Is this the first episode, though? Because we need to avoid... If I mean, it's going to take us two months to put it out, so... <laughs> if you're a first-time listener and are discovering this and think this is a new podcast, it is, in theory, but there is a previous podcast called Bitchin', which is basically the same as, but with a different title. But won't it retroactively <gasps> change, change the name of, of the show? Yeah. Oh this is the thing. Goodness. This is the thing. We have to pick the right name because... Okay, let's make this bitching and let's make this a poll. Okay, yeah. No, I've changed my mind. I think (laughs) communism doesn't work. Let's just be a dictator and let's decide. And what I've decided is that it's Tilly and Helen are actually quite nice about people. No, it's too long. It's too long. It's going to annoy people to say... Oh, what are you listening to at the moment? Tilly and Helen are actually quite... It's, it's, yeah, but here's the trick. Here's the trick. You put that all together and you get to ham knap. It's not good. To ham knap. It isn't good. Tilly and Helen are mostly nice about people. That's eight words already, which is already quite long. Tilly and Helen are mostly... So that's ta... To ham to hamnap. That's ham-nap. that's an easier one to say. You've got to think I mean, about the branding. I do prefer to hamkinap, but to hamnap, to hamnap has got the nap stands out a bit more, doesn't it? And I do love a nap. So, all right. Do you know what? I'm weak and pathetic and a people pleaser. So you've won. You've won, and we've got to get on. No, the because what now. if I've just been too um, too domineering? And actually, I'm wrong. And I've gone back on what I think. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Okay, mostly nice I'm happy with, but can we put the actually in there? Because I like that it's a surprise. Tilly and Helen. Helen are actually mostly nice about people. Mostly nice. What does that spell out? Anus. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It spells out Helen's gaping anus. (laughs) (laughs) Tilly and Helen are actually mostly nice about people. T 
to ham nap. It's still to ham nap, but just with an extra A, obviously. We're so dumb. Dumb, tiny little women. To ham To ham nap. nap. So after recording this episode, we actually decided to call the podcast Tilly and Helen are mostly nice about people because that fit better on the poster. So I'm going to bleep out any actually that we say, because we do say it quite a lot during this podcast. Go on, you do it. (laughs) What am I doing? You're announcing the show. Welcome. We'll do a word each. Welcome. To Tilly and Helen are mostly nice about people. <laughs> okay, um, I have a question for you, first of all, before we go oh. into any of it that I have to oh ask my you God, now. I'm scared. What the fuck happened to the spiders in your room? Because the last episode, spiders were building nests in your room... And you were doing absolutely nothing about it and also keeping it a secret from your flatmates. It's actually really horrific what happened. It's actually really awful what happened. So the spiders in the corners died. And I was like, obviously tragic, but natural causes, thrilled. They weren't laying eggs. They weren't whatever. They just were dead. In a little weird cocoon, they died. I scooped them away. Went to my window, opened my window, threw them out the window. When I opened my window, I saw actual sacks of spider eggs in the rim of the window, like all around the rim, just like bundles and bundles of sacks. So I immediately closed the window again and thought, well, I'll just pretend that I didn't see that. No. And then I made the mistake because Matt isn't staying in London at the moment that I told Matt, but then I'd not thought about the fact Matt was going to come back and remember that and talk to Mary, my other flatmate, and they decided to murder all of the baby spiders yeah. out of the window sill. And I opened the window one day and I, it was just completely empty. And I was like, who's done this? Are you actually upset about the fact that your housemates didn't want to have a spider farm? But this is what's really... In in my justification, this is what's really frustrating. Helen's actually crying, by the way, like genuine tears. It's just so upsetting. Helen, what did you think was going to happen? Well, this is it. I was such a stupid idiot telling anybody about no, the no, 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 no. Okay, let's go. Let's go down the other path. Okay, let's say you don't tell anyone about the eggs, yeah. and the eggs hatch. Hundreds of eggs of spiders hatch in your but home. Right. Okay, what I've happens done some next? reading, and what they say is that the spiders don't want to stay where they're born. They scurry away from where they're born. And I was just thinking, well, I'll just keep the window really tightly shut, so they won't come into the house. They'll scuttle outside of the house they'll scuttle down the wall into the neighbors houses probably whatever not our issue they'll be gone they'll scuttle away they would have scuttled and now they're dead anyway it's a bit of a bone of contention i had to be okay with it as well that's the thing your your position is the majority position Mm. most people think you are correct so i wasn't then even allowed to be annoyed at anybody for murdering all the babies because Mm. i'm the one that's in the just anyway you're you're pro-life when it comes to sacks of eggs i'm pro i'm pro 
I'm pro not, um, that's exactly what Matt said. And I said, I'm pro not forced aborting baby spiders against the mother's will. The mother was dead. You don't know that that's who was in the corner of the room. You don't know. And that mother had died if it was in the corner of the room, knowing that their babies would be born and would be okay. I never opened that window. Why did I open that window? And what I said to, in fact, what I said to Matt, I didn't even tell him the spiders were there. I just said, when you come, don't, don't open that window, whatever you do. And obviously he opened the window and he saw, I mean, it was horrific. Like it was, it made me wretch when I opened it. (laughs) (laughs) So many babies. What did they look like? Like just big, massive, gloopy, white sacks full of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But life is important and who are we? We've built all these homes that we keep everything out of and they were, they were, they were barely even in the room. They were on the window ledge. Anyway, look, so let's move were, on. Okay. But thank you for asking. How have, how have you been? I'm all right. Yeah, nothing like that ever happens to me. I live a nicely uh, quiet life. A bird landed on Ken's head. A bird did land on, on my partner Ken's head, yeah. It was, it was so, so crazy. It was like, so we were in the park and there was this man who was training a parakeet, which I think was his, was his own parakeet. And he had like a little whistle that he was blowing and it would kind of, the parakeet would listen and would fly, but he was also just kind of like living his own life and doing whatever he thought was best. And what he thought was best was to land on Ken Cheng's head. You would, wouldn't you? If I saw Ken Cheng's head, I'd be like, well, I'll wow. see you there. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. What so many head. great thoughts and <laughs> nice hair. Um, and yeah, he just whoosh, was there. And <laughs> Ken said his first thought was, I know what's happened here. <laughs> and he was so still. And he was like, everyone be very still. No one antagonize it. Aww. And he was so calm. I was like, yeah, I saw the picture um, of you in the background looking like yeah. you having a mare. It was also it was amazing as well because the bird was just like And it was like very blue. It was such a yeah, blue. It was a beautiful well, bird. Yeah. Um yeah, and he was just yeah. like looking in Ken's head for like twigs. Twigs worms. and berries or, or worms. Didn't find any. Got bored, flew off. That's quite good. Can you imagine if he had? I know, found yeah. A worm. All in all a much more wholesome experience with wildlife than you. For my bloodbath. Yeah. Speaking of bloodbaths, this week we're doing Karl Marx. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to start in tradition, as we always do on Tilly and Helena. Mostly nice about people. The artist formerly known as Bitchin. (laughs) We're going to read out the the beginning to his wiki, in case anyone is not familiar with his work. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Karl Heinrich Marx. I said that wrong. Karl Heinrich Marx. I think that's that was correct, yeah. Yeah. 5th of May 1818 to 14th of March 1883 mm-hmm. was a German philosopher, critical political economy, economic political historian, sociologist, political theorist, journalist, and socialist revolutionary. His best known titles are the 1848 pamphlet, Everyone Together, The Communist the Manifesto. Communist Manifesto. Yeah. And the three-volume, Das Kapital. Das Kapital. Which he, did he never finish it? He did not finish it. Yeah. His good old friend... Engels. Engels. 
Yeah. Man, I feel so sorry for Engels. Engels was just really paying everyone's bills. He just was there, wasn't he? Bankrolling yeah. the whole thing. But also, on his Wikipedia page, it says, Engels developed what is now known as Marxism together with Karl Marx. I would be so annoyed. I'd be like, can't we call it Engel Marx? Do you know what I mean? Can't we call it Marx Engelisms? Engelism doesn't really work as a... It doesn't sound that good. Marxism just as a, as a phrase. But also, I think Marx probably was a bit more of a narcissist. Marx was the star, for sure. No, is it yeah. like me and you and you're... This is Wait, me. who am I? You're Marx, obviously. No, you're Marx! You're Marx. Are you maybe mad? We're, maybe we're both angles. <laughs> no, you call, you call it after you. No, you call it after you. <laughs> Do you like Karl Marx? On the whole? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. On the whole, yeah. yeah. Had some good ideas, didn't he? Yeah, some pretty good ideas, you know? Like like any like any ideology, there's usually something in it. Yeah. But with Marx, it does seem to be that um, he keeps he stays relevant, which you know yeah. is uh, is a hard thing to have achieved. Really, I was um, trying to work out how notable is that the right word? How famous, I guess, he was in his day. Because he seemed to not have any money. No, I don't think he was. There were like 13 people at his funeral. Yeah. Well, I think, was that because they not told people he died in time as well or something? <laughs> I feel like that'll happen at my funeral. That would definitely happen yeah. at both of our funerals. Yeah. They'll forget to get the press release out in time. It oh will come out gosh. in the equity brochure Yeah. the following month. Do you ever read those? I do, actually. Yeah, so do I. Do you? I'm running for council. Congrats. Are you running on a Marxist platform? Absolutely. The Ludos, the Marxists. What are you going to say? We're going to go to number 10 and we're going to say, hey, you better fund the arts for all. It couldn't be more important than right now when people can't even heat their homes for you (laughs) to give a load of money to theatres. I won't hear this. Theatre is love and joy and for sure yeah. for sure but for you're sure. right we should also heat people's homes and what what else costs money food that's quite expensive at the moment isn't it not good not a good time mm. marx is very relevant at the moment isn't he because he called it he said it's not working this whole financial yeah. system yeah um, and he really did slap when he talked about like technology and like how cycles come and go yeah. within capitalism can i recommend a podcast that you should stop yeah. listening to this and go and listen to which Always. is social it's planet money which is an npr podcast which is actually quite a capitalist podcast it's it's good because it teaches you about things that you sort of resist learning about to do with like the stock market and it's all about economics and well if sure marx everything. listened to planet money maybe he <laughs> wouldn't have died in poverty but they have an episode called You Socialism. know Engels would have been listening to Planet Money. Oh yeah, well he had all the dollar, didn't he? Yeah. Um, they have an episode called Socialism 101, which came out on the 26th of March 2021. And they interview this man whose name I now cannot remember, who's essentially like the socialist economic expert, like economic academic in the USA, which is like such a minority. And he's so hopeful about cycles of financial structures and how capitalism is like a relatively late forming thing and will die just how other financial structures before have 
come in cycles and died and come and died and always replace the thing that's come before. So I recommend... Just I like the sacks full of spider eggs. Yeah, but what would they replace with Tilly? Just empty white space. Mm. Anyway, um... Anyway. My theory is that his boils made him angry. The boils that he had. He had these boils, didn't he? Um, well, he wasn't a very physically well man but yeah. apparently he liked the sauce and liked he to liked smoke the sauce and... and like really rich food and also apparently because he didn't have very much money the cigarettes he bought were like really crappy that was part of the thing they were like the tobacco was like really isn't it amazing that that is also every marxist i've ever met <laughs> like do you know what i mean at uni like hmm. whoever was the guy in the corner like making the dirtiest looking cigarette yeah. you'd ever seen with like dirt like packed into his nails yeah yellow fingers yeah, yeah. this is always my thing about the left right mm-hmm. i identify politically with them the most but socially can sometimes find <laughs> certain individuals really well annoying yeah like so annoying and i think i hate oh I, I align with you but i have more fun with my Tory friend drinking margaritas, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And the, they'd kill you for saying it. Yeah. And, and that's and why this... that's why they're boring. Yeah, they're so boring, come on. It's like, why just be more fun. Yeah, I like having friends who are rich and buy you nice things. And and also So did Marx. Also... So did Marx, that's true. So did Marx. But isn't that such an issue we need to fix? We need to make people on the left a bit more sort of socially smart. Don't know how mm. we do that. A little bit less. And I'm, I'm generalising, obviously. There are some of the best people I've ever met in my life within well, campaign it's, groups. It's that thing with ideology where people think that they've chosen a political ideology and it's completely... Uh, it's because they've just logically decided that that's like the correct way to view the world. Mm-hmm. When actually it's so connected to our own lives and the the events and the things that we've been through and our own kind of cycles of behaviour and how we see other people interacting, mm-hmm. how we how we view power, how we view authority, um, is so, so deeply connected. And I often find that people are really people on the left and the right are really resistant to that when you try and be like, oh, well, do you not think that maybe because yeah. you had X, Y, Z happen to you? They're like, maybe no, it's because I'm right. It's yeah. because I'm correct, which yeah. to be fair is what I always say as well. But also, there's this whole thing about... <laughs> but you can they're... be right and also see how it's yeah. influenced you, you know? Yeah, totally. There's also this thing of, like, the, the battle is never pure enough, and I definitely am really rubbish at this, where I, I'm like... Because a lot of it is about morals, isn't it? And it's yeah. about being really moral purity. Exactly. Yeah. And then not recognising that part of the thing you believe is that actually it's systems that are controlling us and that are bad. But we spend a lot, I mean, again, really generalising, but you can often find yourself blaming individuals. And I'm really guilty for this as well, because you think you're making individually bad choices and you're being immoral or whatever. Mm. And that makes you a bit of a dick, doesn't it? Mm. It makes you just really annoying to be around and then you're not winning You're not winning the argument and you're just creating so much division within people who actually generally on the whole agree with you. But I say all of that and then I'll be like, Keir Starmer's really, what a bellend, do you know what I mean? So, 
And you're within your rights to say that. I heard it. I have an amazing uh, story that I'm, I can't tell you on the podcast. I'm going to have to tell you. Can we bleep personally. it out? How long is it? Well, a you're the one who's going to have to edit it, so... Is it a long bleep, or should we... Should it we is stop? a long bleep. I'll tell you at the end. Tell me at the end. But that's very intriguing. Can you yeah. give a little little tidbit to the audience, or no? Is it just not... It's about the toys. Have you been listening to um, Rory Stewart and Alistair Campbell's podcast, The Rest is Politics? No. It's, that's very I wouldn't confusing. voluntarily choose to listen to Alistair Campbell, I don't think. It's genuinely really interesting about the political systems, and I've learned a lot because they're just both so knowledgeable about mm. government and governance and the way that that works. And it's also, I, I thought of our podcast actually, because I was like, it's really interesting to listen to something where I disagree all the time with what they're saying. And yeah. I have to sort of just accept that. And I thought about people listening to our podcast where we say stuff that they probably think is really annoying. And yeah. uh, shout out to you for if you're still Absolutely here. shout out to those people. I think that's, and that's another thing that I get really annoyed about on the left is like the idea that like if you're listening to other people that you somehow endorse what they're saying. Um, but we can't uh, win the argument if we can't hear the other side mm. of the argument. And, like, yeah. Like, when Bernie Sanders went on... I think he went on Joe Rogan's podcast, and everyone was like, why would he do that? Joe Rogan's evil, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Joe Rogan has a huge reach mm-hmm. to so many people mm-hmm. who... In real life, you probably would never come into contact with them. He's done it because he wants to win. Like, Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think as well, they say this on The Rest is Politics about if we, if we just ignore those viewpoints, what if those viewpoints are actually representative of what quite a lot of people think? And they talk about um, the rebels within the Conservative Party who were all really anti-Europe. And people used to write them off. Apparently David Cameron's government used to write them off all the time because they'd really? be like, they're just loopy loonies. It's the same with the sort of Jeremy Corbyn franchise mm. in the left. And then suddenly you realise, oh, actually they're speaking on behalf of quite a huge proportion of people and we shouldn't have just written them off. We should have listened, tried to understand why they mm. had that viewpoint where they came from. Um, even if it's not to then go to, to, to agree with it. I mean, it's normally not to agree with it, is it? It's in order to work out how to counter it and challenge it. But it is it is difficult, like, to... I think I would find it difficult to have genuine, genuine friendships with people who were very right-wing. Yeah. I have some centrist friends who don't really realise they're centrist. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, don't we all? Yeah, but I like... Am I, I don't... one of them? Is it me? No. Oh, phew. You're a liberal. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I really like learning about um, Marx's family. I didn't know anything about his family, his children. It's all really depressing. Trigger it warning, is trigger sad, warning. yeah. So his uh, daughter, I mean, they had lots of children, many who died in uh, infancy. And then he had, I think, three daughters who made it into adulthood. Eleanor Marx um, poisoned herself when she found out that her partner had secretly married somebody else. Um, then his other daughter, Jenny Marx, died of cancer in the January of the year that Karl Marx then died in, I think, the March uh, or the April. And his wife had died, like, two years before that. yeah. And then Laura Marx, who lived the longest, her and her husband, who were like big Marxists, surprisingly, um, uh, committed a suicide. They had like a suicide pact when they were in their 60s. This is and so wild to me. It's like... so wild. They were like, we can no longer fight for the the, the movement. And so we're, we're it's away. It's really sad, like, yeah. letter, because it's basically like, oh, our health is failing. And I mean, that could be true. Maybe they were both in you know, a lot of pain or whatever, but... But they say uh, at the beginning, our health and our minds are, are stable or something, but it's just that they're older. And and I guess in that period, maybe yeah. 60s was a bit older than it would be now. Let, like, let other people take care of you. That's, that's communism. Let's go. But this is the thing, is it? You know, they don't... Is it? Well, yeah. I mean, that to lots of people, communism is synonymous with death, violent revolution... Um, people scapegoating other people, dehumanising mm. them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. I don't think it's really. And the sort of greater picture, isn't it? The greater good of. Yeah, yeah. And Marx was very tied to like the revolution of the working class. Yeah. Was the thing that he thought was gonna bring about that change, but. It's you always don't... manifested in a different way, hasn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's not often gone well. <laughs> it's not... Let's historically, historically, Lenin it's not then, often gone well. <laughs> Lenin then spoke at the funeral of Laura and her husband, and he apparently then afterwards said to his wife, "If one cannot work for the party any longer, one must be able to look truth in the face and die like." Oh Lafayette. my God! Yeah, what and the a silly bastard! I know. Can you imagine your husband turning to you and being like, "When you no longer yeah. are useful, you'll be dead. I'll be killing you." It's horrific. It's really bad. It's really bad. It is. I saw. We saw Animal Farm. We did. It's literally like the horse. It's literally working like itself them. to yeah. death. Yeah. And then just dying in the field. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? We. Enjoyed it was so that. great. John Dryden Taylor as the evil um, farm owner. Yeah. He was he fantastic. Was good at being evil. He God, was. It's a good story. It really does slap. To be honest. Do we talk about Andy Serkis's making a version of it? No, with like all motion capture. <gasps> cool. Cool. Very cool. I um I was scammed last no. week. No, I know. 
<sighs> and um, and it just made me think, no, it's not like Animal Farm. <laughs> Animal Farm is when you voluntarily give someone your bank details. What happened? So, I was in a, a service station and this really lovely man and his two quite young children pulled up. I was in a really big hat and I honestly think this is why I was a target. Don't wear big hats. It was like a big floppy... I think you saw a picture on Instagram of it. Yeah. Said, Yeehaw or something. It was like a big floppy straw hat. <laughs> God. <laughs> Don't tell people about my personal cute... It, how cute I am on Instagram with my friends. Don't tell people I support my friends in that way. I've got a reputation to uphold. Yeehaw. It was (laughs) Anyway, he saw the hat and he went for me. And And he he was like, I am in trouble. I've come over from Ireland. No. And my card has been blocked. No, I know now I'm saying it retrospectively. It's like, well, duh. But honestly, it was so convincing. And I genuinely didn't have a card. I only had my Google Pay because he wanted me to get £200 of cash out to pay for his ferry back to Ireland. Which I obviously didn't do. But he was so convincing. He was like, I'm so embarrassed. And also, I was like, I've been in this position on the service station motorway before where I've looked and I've not had my purse and I've been out of petrol. And a lovely lorry man has paid for my petrol and bought me a coffee. And I was like, what a great opportunity to pay it back. And I was like, do you need petrol in your car? And he was like, I really do. We're like stranded. I don't have anything. So I topped up his petrol and then I bought all of his kids' meal deals and him a meal deal for like sandwich crisps and a bottle of pop and um it cost about 75 pounds and then I gave him my number and my email address and I thought this was quite clever because at this point he was saying is there no way you can get cash out and I thought he's pushing this a bit now considering I've just spent 75 pounds and I clearly don't have a lot of money because if you see my car and I'm in a straw hat you know what I mean and he um I I put my number in his phone and then I text myself saying hello and it didn't come through, and he said, "Oh, it's because I don't have roaming or something in the in England because I'm from Ireland." And I just should have known. And then as we drove off, because I was with Matt, Matt said, "You've just been scammed." He was trying. Matt, to be fair, was trying to say it the whole way through. He was like, "I think this is a scam," and I was like, "No, no, it's definitely not. He's with his kiddies, and and it was a scam. And then he's never he's never been in touch, and he's he's not. Pe- but he might have just lost my details. It's the other thing that might have happened. But I did look and there were no ferries that day back to Ireland as well. But also, why would you come to Ireland and not have a return ticket? And then when I asked his son what they were doing in Ireland, this is the least believable bit. He said, we're going to Leicester because I support the football club there. And I was like, I'm sorry. You've you've come to England on the Jubilee weekend to go and support Leicester football club. Yeah. I've been scammed as well by people, so I... I get it. Especially when it's like... I mean, that's why he's got his kids with him in it. Because you look at the kids and you think, God, this is so miserable for yeah. you. Like It's like they're really hungry. But what drives me a bit mad, and maybe... Because you must be... I don't know. You potentially are in a desperate situation to make up that story anyway. But he had a really nice car. He was dressed really well. He had a really nice phone. Like, they didn't look. But then I guess poverty can sometimes be invisible. But I did just think... That's a workshop session fee there that I've just given. You know, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. It. Anyway, I need to not become a Tory. And also, you, what you need to do is not assume the worst in everybody. It's good to still assume people yeah. are telling the truth. You can assume good intentions of people and also not give them £75. 
Do you know what though? I never got to pay that guy back who told me. You never got to pay that guy back, yeah. Now I've sort of paid it forward to to an immoral man, so. Yeah, who was trying to pressure you to get £200 cash out. (laughs) Thank God I didn't have my card. Okay, so we've got a new outro format. Unless there's anything else you would like to say about Karl Marx. I don't think so. I think I've exhausted my limited knowledge. We have a new outro format, which is at the end of each episode, we're going to ask each other an existential question based on the person that we have been talking about. Do you have an existential question for me? Yes. Is a peaceful revolution possible? Yes. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think so. I'm really... Why do you think it's possible? I think, why? Because I think it's inevitable. I think it... We are going to get... It's going to get worse and worse and darker and darker. It, so many people are now in poverty. But do you think it's... desperate people make good decisions? Yeah. I'm pretty desperate. <laughs> I think... Okay. I think... Yeah. Peaceful. That's interesting, isn't it? I think we probably need to smash some stuff up. Mm. But I like to think it's possible without bloodshed. Um, I think we we can have like revolutionary structural reform that comes from ideas and thought. I think that is possible. I think universal basic income is inevitable. Like that's on the way, and I think that will be revolutionary. I also think we're going to get rid of the monarchy when the Queen dies, and I'm really excited because I think that it's going to become jewelry service. I've been reading The Secret Barrister. Have you read that? No. And it's made me realise how mad it is. Our entire judicial system mostly is based on just random people chosen to sit on a jury and decide whether somebody's guilty or not guilty. And if we're willing to do that, surely we can be willing to have a head of state who's also just like Jimmy from the Jimmy from the corner of the street. I'd love that. Um you now have to answer your own question, I'm afraid. Oh. I want to know what you think. Uh I don't know, because I think that often like talking about like utopia, um we still have to, like, reckon with human nature. And I don't feel like those questions have been well answered yet. I think... Interesting. Humanity is still still growing. And it, it... I don't know if, like, an individual human brain can conceive of whether we're better or worse than when we began. You know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I'm I'm being a cop out really and just saying okay. I don't know, I don't know, because because I, I don't know it in myself. Like I mm. I'm I'm very susceptible to many ideas and I'm very susceptible to making <clears throat> enemies and deciding that people are inherently bad. You yeah, know? I do that a lot. You know, I'm like, oh god, they're evil, they're evil, and then I'm like, oh, but then it's like, you know, what if I had a pitchfork in my hand at the time and you know i don't know i don't know <laughs> well now i'm scared now, <laughs> now i'm really scared who is it that said the only thing certain is change what's that from is that from like a f- free guy or like a disney film or is that from like some classical literature is i would that... love it if that's from the film free guy i know what it's from and i spoke about this on the podcast did i did i or did i just voice note someone it's from the natural history museum yeah did i talk about this and how it talks about like the tectonic plates of the world and like mm. the ever-changing climate 
like removing climate change from mm. that is it's ever changing anyway and the fact we're spinning around the sun and mm. like what humans are always looking for is this moment of like and we're there and we've reached there and we're still and actually that's not how humanity works that's not how mm. the nature of the world and the ecosystems work like the whole point is that it's changing and moving and we're having to respond and be responsive so like the best systems i guess are like responsive systems aren't they and this idea that we're going to reach utopia that's definitely yeah. like a, a lie isn't it that's not going to happen but things definitely can be better than they are oh <laughs> i do well, think that things yeah. could just be significantly better oh my god yeah yeah Systems need smashing down, for sure. But I think even without the systems being smashed, things could be better. Like, I think there's a lot of, like, especially in this country, deliberate cruelty oh, yeah. being enacted on people that could just just be taken away and Look those people would still have. Exactly. At the moment, yeah. Rwanda, yeah. And, I mean, the cost of living crisis and the lack of support and, uh, yeah, and the fact there's street homelessness, like, that just... Yeah. My friend has a theory that the street homelessness, and I agree with him, is is deliberately kept in place to make yeah. you to make you stay in line. Because, and he was making the argument that we always talk about the workhouse as though it was this really evil thing. And he was like, "Isn't it mad that even in Victorian Britain there was at least a fail safe? There was something to fall onto where you would have shelter and you would have food. And yes, it was abusive and awful and horrendous, but it was." less cruel than what we have now which is Mm. just complete destitution Mm. um which i agree is a choice is a systematic choice my existential question to you i really liked on karl marx's wikipedia page it said the skin is the organ of communication and someone made the argument that his boils and his skin irritation came out of his um anger and rage and depression and my question to you is, is the physical and the, are the physical, I don't really know what my question is. What do you think about that? That's my question. It, 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 are the mental and the physical linked? Yes. Yes. Yes, they are. Very much so. Um, okay, we'll see you next yeah. <laughs> In a very real way, I think. I don't think the fact that something's mental means that it's not, like, a real thing that's happening. Mm. Like, it's really happening chemically in your brain it's not the same as being like it's all in your head it's like yeah it is and that's real and that's like very significant i think and i really like because i obviously have had very bad eczema and sometimes get on my face as well yeah i've had bad acne in my life yeah Yeah. and people make the argument that his boils made him angry Mm. so either his anger caused the boils or his boils caused the anger and someone was saying that he that his theory of alienation potentially came and was inspired by his sort of physical mm. ailments, which makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you would be pretty angry. I'd be so... If you're just in constant pain. Yeah, it's not, not a nice way to, to live. No, but it made some good... He made some good critical theory. If only you'd known about veganism, right, Helen? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> okay, well, thank okay. you for listening to Tilly and Helen at- mostly nice about people yeah the new show (laughs) how'd you like it hate it let us know (laughs) liked it let us know neutral don't bother telling us because (laughs) i'm only interested in the extremes of human emotion (laughs) okay okay goodbye my friends
Till next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.